0: hello and welcome to the otter podcast i'm your host madison page and today we are taking a dip into the terrifying world of man eaters and the one who may have the biggest body count of all time is a colossal carnivore stalking the lakes and rivers of burundi and swiping fishermen and bathers left and right today on the otter we are talking about Gustave, the killer croc who has been blamed with over 300 deaths i hope everyone is a good swimmer so pinch your nose and let's go That's right! It's me! The Otter is alive! Thank you all for your patience as we repaired some malfunctioning equipment. We are but a small podcast, and unfortunately when something decides to go out, it all falls on me to see to repairs. But don't worry, the Otter is rested, restored, and back in its Sunday best, and ready to serve you with more strange, unruly, and weird content to make all your dishwashing, floor mopping, or other small tediums just a bit more pleasurable. hope we all had a fantastic holiday season and a good tidings in the new year. Did you all make a new year's resolution? Was it to binge watch the otter episodes? Well it should be. For the returning listeners welcome back and for the new listeners welcome welcome to the otter podcast where we are a trail mix of all things unknown unsolved and just plain odd. So what do we think of our last episode? Were you all good? Did anyone get eaten by the Yule cat for wearing last year's socks? I hope you all enjoyed the episode. And if you really enjoyed it, or if you really didn't, please leave a rating and review. They really do help. I also do listener request episodes, so if you want your own personalized episode, you can send me an email at theotterpod@gmail.com. gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and know what you want to hear from me. Now, today, we are going to take a step into one of my absolute favorite subjects, and that is man-eaters. I don't know what has always fascinated me about stories of these animals, but I am delighted to begin to talk about them. Today, we are starting off with an almost legendary beast who may still be prowling, looking for his next victim, a crocodile named Gustav. One of the smallest countries in Africa, Burundi sits on the Great Rift Valley. Bordered by Rwanda on the north, Tanzania on the east, and the Congo on the west, it is populated by the Twa, Hutu, and Tutsi people. Burundi is known in the media for the frequency of civil war and events of genocide. In 2022, it was rated the poorest country in the world, and in 2018, the World Happiness Report ranked it as the world's least happy country, with a rank of 156. Burundi also has the worst hunger and malnourishment rates of all 120 countries listed in the Global Hunger Index, and medical advancements have been stopped since the Civil War of 1962. The people who live here are under incredible stress and pressure every day and that's not to mention the environment itself due to its proximity to the equator the temperature is on average between 63 to 88 degrees fahrenheit even at night the heat index never slips below 60 and on especially hot days it can creep into the 90s This balmy climate and lack of food and money can drive people to the local lakes and rivers for fishing, swimming, and the collection of their daily water. However, even here in the cool waters, more danger is lurking. Every year, about a thousand people will be killed by crocodiles worldwide. These attacks are largely committed by saltwater crocodiles and by those in the Nile River. The Nile crocodile is considered to be the most prevalent of attackers due to their proximity to humans. For the people of Burundi, their relief lies in the Ruzizi River, but they are not the only things to make use of its currents. Weighing in at a staggering 2,000 pounds and estimated to be 20 feet in length, Gustave the Crocodile has been making himself known for years. Although the exact number of victims is unknown due to the civil unrest and remoteness, he is currently credited with more than 300 deaths. His victims would be pulled off their fishing boats, children grabbed from shorelines in front of their parents, or bathers would be taken with no witnesses, only for remains to be found days later. The stories of his attacks remained more local legend than media currency until a Frenchman named Patrice Fay entered the scene. It was 1998, and Fay had just hired a group of fishermen to assist him in collecting nature specimens for a museum. One day, the men began to regale Fay with the terrifying tale of a colleague who had been eaten by a monstrous crocodile. They spoke of this horror with an almost clock-like schedule. It would appear, snatch victims before disappearing for several years. Then it would return and the cycle would repeat, more death, more years, more deaths, more years. Intrigued by the men's tales, Faye began his own research into the matter. What he found was indeed a pattern of attacks along the shores of Lake Tanganyika, dating all the way back to 1987. The villages of Manago, Magaram, and Kenyosha all reported frequent attacks every three years between October and February. Most of the victims were children that had been swimming as well as fishermen attending to support their families. These reports eventually led Faye to a guide at the Ruzizi National Park who reported a huge crocodile that would frequently go missing from the park only to reappear months later. When it was in the park, it preferred the Rizzizi River, and would defend its territory against smaller crocs. The guide showed Faye where the dates of the missing crocodile were logged, and when comparing it to the timeline of attacks, Faye discovered that they synced up. The description of the large croc also matched what had been described by the witnesses of the attacks. They described a monstrous reptile with scars on his head and back, which were believed to be old bullet wounds from someone's attempt at killing the animal, maybe a victim or someone trying to rescue a friend. There are even reports of soldiers attempting to shoot at this scaly scary with no effect. Faye had done it, he had found what was most likely the cause of these attacks. He decided to name the killer and he chose the name of Gustave. Fay went straight to the media to popularize his findings. He did interviews with news organizations and told the tale of the massive man-eater, claiming that the croc was hunting people for sport since many of its victims were found uneaten. He also claimed the croc was over 100 years old and had claimed over 300 victims. The media attention was so great, Faye was able to drum up investors for a documentary film called Capturing the Killer Croc, in which Faye would try to find, capture, and relocate Gustave. The crew only had about two months to complete this task due to rising political tension. The documentary followed Faye as they hunted down the man-eater, who they were able to actually locate. However, just because they could see him did not mean capturing him would be easy. Remember, this is a 20 foot long, 2,000 pound monster in the water. Not even Steve Irwin could have wrangled this big guy. Their first tactic was a huge metal cage baited with chunks of meat and an infrared camera. This however would not tempt Gustave, and he would not go into the trap. Sadly, he would actually claim another victim while the trap was in place. Next, the group placed a giant wire-snare device which only managed to capture smaller crocodiles. Once again, Gustave outsmarted the group. Next, they tried chickens and then a live goat. However, a storm blew in, disabling the camera, and when searchers went back the next day, they found the camera tipped into the water, the goat gone, but no Gustav. The team would leave empty-handed, and Gustave would remain on his hunting ground. The documentary is available on YouTube and it's pretty good if you would like to check it out. It also proved to be a major hit and spread the tale of Gustave far and wide. Gustav was never captured, but reports of him grew to a crawl until the last substantiated report appeared in 2009. There have been rumors that Gustav is still out there, with some as recent as 2015, but no further pictures or video evidence has been captured of the monster. I will be posting the actual credited picture of Gustav on the socials if you want to check it out. So why is Gustav the size he is? Is he actually hunting humans? Did Gustav actually kill over 300 people? Well, even with the proof of the picture and the sightings, a lot of the truths around Gustav act- actually seem to be little more than fanciful embellishments by a starry-eyed fae. In 2011, Faye revealed to author Richard Grant that he only had confirmed documentation for about 60 deaths, being attributed to Gustav. Even then, it's hard to prove every fatal crocodile attack in Burundi at that time was done by the mega croc. After all, Lake Tanganyika is a big body of water and it's loaded with crocodiles. There is no way to prove every body pulled from the water or child snatched from the riverbank ended up in the Mall of Gustav. And as for his hunting of humans for sport, herpetologists have reported that it's far more likely the huge reptile was simply going after easy prey, and then abandoning them when he realized the humans weren't his usual meal. A crocodile as large as Gustave may be unable to sneak up on his usual prey items, and hunger is not sympathetic to a lumbering giant's qualms. An unaware human would make for a slow and easy target to a monster like Gustave. Man-eaters often turn to humans because we are easy prey. Those with injured teeth or inhibited limbs find something like us much easier to subdue than a prey that comes equipped with horns, hooves, or claws. Gustave may have hunted humans out of desperation, but not for sport. One even more disturbing theory is that many of the maimed but uneaten victims discovered later may have in fact been victims of the area's violence and genocide. These victims may have been dumped in the river by the killer knowing that any body pulled from the depths would be blamed on the almost mythical monster. This theory is also blamed for why Gustav may have hunted humans to begin with. If he got used to the availability of bodies after the Civil War, humans may have entered his diet coincidentally. Gustav's famed size is also up for debate. While many reports put his length at 20 to 25 feet, the actual length of Gustav may be closer to 18 feet. Now crocodiles have rarely been recorded at lengths that large. For perspective, the largest saltwater crocodile ever held in captivity, Lolong, Long, measured just over 20 feet. And without having a way to get a measuring tape on him, we can never know if Gustav truly is a wild giant. But could he be? Dinosuchus is a great 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 however many great grandpappy of the modern day crocodile While looking quite similar to the ones today, this historic whore was a mammoth in comparison size-wise. Growing as large as 39 feet long and weighing a gut-busting 8.5 tons, this Daddy Rex was an apex predator and an opportunistic hunter snagging any dino brave enough to approach the water's edge and dragging them beneath the surface. Now, Dinosuchus is believed to have gone extinct 82 to 73 million years ago, but this is the otter. So what is the real possibility one specimen survived and now goes by the name Gustave? Unfortunately, highly unlikely, a creature of that size would be quickly outbid in the hunting range and also find mating rather difficult. In short, Gustave is likely a slightly above average sized crocodile whose legacy is much more crocodile tears than fact. Gustav is a rarity of nature, sure, but is he a monster man-eater? Is Patrice Fay a real-world Dr. Alan Grant, or a man looking for his own cut in fictional reptile? The answer may always elude us. The truth of everything is that the people of Burundi are suffering, not by the teeth of a crocodile, but by the hands of civil war, violence, poverty, and limited resources. Sometimes we chase monsters under the bed, when the real horror lies just next door. Also, Patrice Fay may be the actual monster in the story. He was actually jailed in 2011 after he was accused of raping five girls aged 13 to 17. They were students at a school he'd set up for poor children. He denied the charges, but I can't really find any follow-up to that as most everything is in French. But I don't feel like he is a reliable source. That's all for this episode, a short little one for our otters welcome back, but a good way to step back into our routine. So what do you think? Is Gustave real? Do you think he is a horrific hunter he's claimed to be? Or do you think he's the prehistoric survivor of a bygone age? Let us know what you think on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and leave a review. The Otter Pod is now on TikTok. Come follow us there. Have a suggestion for a show, send me an email at theotterpod at gmail.com with your request and whether you'd like me to mention your name, your alias, or nothing at all. Remember, this is the otter side, so give me something cool, creepy, or confusing to deep dive for you. If you liked the show, leave us a review, they really help. I'm so glad to be back, and I can't wait to make more episodes for you. It was also pointed out to me, though, that if you don't follow the socials, it might have looked like... I just died for a month, so I apologize, but you should definitely follow us on the socials. The Otter Podcast posts every other Thursday. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Otter Side.